All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Okay, episode eight, here we are. I've got my sister coming on this episode to talk about Aunt Flo, if you know what I'm talking about, because our mom did not talk to us about girl time periods, whatever. She really just didn't. And then when the time came, my sister and I were both kind of in the dark. And then by the time, you know, I started, my sister was in college or so she wasn't really around. I was just so in the dark. And I had to call my sister the other day freaking out because I've got a daughter now and my sister has a daughter. And obviously they're both going through a lot of things where we're like trying to handle it differently than our mom did. Now our mom was awesome. Don't get us wrong. Like she was really a great mom, but there was some areas she just, she just didn't do well at talking with us about. And I kind of wish that she would have. So maybe if you're a mom or a girl, you'll be able to relate to our conversation about this. And I also have Jamie Ivy coming on. I got an email from a listener um, talking about being white and having people in your life of another race, like her boyfriend is black and they talk about having children and that's a whole thing. And Jamie and I are both moms, adoptive moms of children that are not white. So we touch on uh, some of that. And then I talk about hot lemon water, why you need to be drinking it every day. And then 
a show that I just got done binging with my husband that I'm pretty obsessed with and I love and I think that you need to know about it and you need to be watching it. So there you go. That's kind of a little outline of what is to come on today's episode. So let's get started. First thing. Okay, I've got my sister Christy on. And Christy, do you have any nicknames for periods? Well, there's Aunt Flo. Yeah, that's the only one I could think of, but I didn't I mean, know if you had more. I mean, that's the main one, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the... <laughs> called the Crimson Tide. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what we're <laughs> discussing. It came up because we're both moms of daughters and, you know, dealing with some of that as moms now, you kind of reflect on how it was dealt with you by your mom. And in our case, it's our mom. And our mom just did not talk to us. She did not. She did not talk to us about periods, about shaving, about bras, about I know. the birds and the bees and all the things. Why? I mean, she was a good mom. Why do you think she just... No, t- oh, yeah, totally. Why didn't she do that? I don't know, but I think it's a common thing of some moms of that generation, because I definitely have friends that were totally in the same boat. It just made me want to be sure that I was a lot more direct on being sure I've mentioned all of these things to my daughter, who's now 15. So we've kind of crossed some thresholds of all of that. But, you know, several years ago, just kind of getting her ready around fourth grade, I think, is when we really started conversations. And then they've been kind of going ever since. But no, mom did not mention it to us. In fact, I didn't even want to tell her when I went through it. Did you? No. And she never talked to me about it. I just knew, okay, I think I need a pad or I know that there's something about a tampon, but I didn't know how to really use it and I was on drill team and I was I I started it way late like I was probably in the ninth grade when I started so I didn't have you to come to because you were in college and right I put on like spandex every day and went to drill team practice and would be using be using a pad because nobody helped me and nobody told me and it was so embarrassing and that's really difficult to do like the reason why tampons are amazing is if you're a dancer or you're in sports or you're swimming but you know when you get in water it's sort of stops, right? Is that true? Because it's true to me. Like if you get in water, you're... Well, I don't know if it like stops. <laughs> it does. It's just, you know, diluted or... I, I don't know exactly what happens, but for me, I was able to swim without any issues because again, didn't know how to use a tampon. So you would not use a tampon when you went swimming? Yeah, because I didn't know how. <laughs> <laughs> I never wanted to be like, get out Because water. I would still, you oh, know, God. we had a pool. We would go swimming. We would have friends over and... Oh yeah, if it was at our house. Yeah, it was at our house. Like I wasn't like out of the public pool. Like, hey, everything like being at the public pool. (laughs) No, but I would I would have my friends over and we would be able to go swimming. And then I was too embarrassed to talk to some of them about it. And then finally, one of my friends who obviously her mom was someone that was super open and talked to her about everything. She just sat me down. I don't know how many months I had been experiencing a period, but she finally showed me exactly what to do with tampon. And I was like, thank you. Had you told mom you started at the time? I don't know. How did you get that? I have no recollection of ever talking to mom. I mean, I'm sure I just went to the store and bought them, probably with my allowance. But I didn't talk to mom either. And I just stole her stuff and I hid it under my mattress. And um, I don't know why I did these things, but I remember I told my best friend, Emily, and I remember we kind of were going through conversations and, and I would go through a period and I still wouldn't have told my mom that I would like hijack her tampons and pads and stuff and like hide them under my mattress. And then finally I got up the nerve to just tell her. And I don't know why I was so embarrassed. And I don't even remember if it was a big deal or not. But then all of a sudden she she still didn't really talk to me much about it. But all of a sudden it was on like her radar for grocery needs and things like that. 
So she would buy um, you stuff at the store. I'm sure she did eventually I mean guess. like I, mean, I I honestly don't remember. Me neither. I have no memory of any of it other than my friend Kenzie showing me how. I also talked to my friends, but I mean I read cover to cover those little folded instruction pamphlets that come inside the yeah. tampon box, mm-hmm. especially. I don't know in the past. And then I was scared to death of toxic shock syndrome. Like, oh, that, yeah. I just knew that was going to take me down. You know, they really had some major warnings in that paperwork. I mean, that's kind of how I learned it. But I know, you know, mom didn't really either take me, you know, bra shopping. I stole that also from my neighbor. Um, <laughs> so I, so okay same thing she never took me bra shopping or talked to me about it and I remember in sixth grade which by sixth or seventh grade a lot of my girlfriends had boobs and they were wearing bras if anything you kind of just wore a bra or a training bra to like be in with it right because you're getting like little breast buds yes call them so in sixth grade a guy goes to pop my bra in class oh my gosh and I wasn't wearing one that was so and I just I've remember that clear as day. Was I was mortified. Middle school? It was at Fulmore. Oh, for sure. That was a game that was going on when I was there too. And that is the exact same reason I stole the bra from my neighbor. If you weren't wearing one, they would just call you out. And it was like this major thing. And yeah, you know, I think that mom could have, if she would have talked to us, I would have known more, but yeah, she didn't. And she didn't take us shopping and I didn't have a bra on and I was scarred from that for sure. But I think as moms of daughters, we have to mm-hmm. be more intentional. And we learned that from our mom, okay, this is not how we want to do it. So now maybe we're overly intentional. Like I'm trying to talk to my daughter about certain things. And I'm like, look, I even tell her, I say, my mom didn't talk to me about this stuff. So I'm just trying to be proactive mm-hmm. and I want to talk to you about it. And, you know, if I say the word vagina, she looks at me, my daughter, and like freaks out. <laughs> She's like, what? No, but my daughter's 11. We need to be uh-huh. talking about this stuff. And I don't oh, know sure how that. Mm-hmm. how involved is your husband in talking like period or girl stuff? Because my husband cannot, he can't even handle that I as an adult, like he's 41. He can't even handle that mm-hmm. I at 37, a woman he's tried to have children with, uh, that I have a period. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to have mm-hmm. anything to do he with it, rather, even though he knows it's yeah, necessary. He's pretend that doesn't exist. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, my husband grew up, I know your husband had a sister too, So, but my husband grew up with um, several sisters, you know, so that was just normal talk for him. And he's just a little bit different personality, so he doesn't mind bringing up, like, uncomfortable situations. In fact, he kind of thrives on it. He likes, you know, yeah. difficult so topics. So I guess it depends on the um, dad's personality. As far as, like, talking with, you know, my 15-year-old in the in the years past, I have honestly have liked having kind of this leeway into kind of difficult conversations and just saying, you know, my mom never, ever spoke to me about any of these things. So that's kind of my segue into saying, so I want to be sure that we have, you know, gone over, you know, this or that or, or whatever. And so I remember when I was kind of you know, she was probably around fifth grade. And I was just thinking this might be something helpful for, you know, moms that are out there that maybe have girls that are 
third grade, fourth grade, just kind of getting prepping for those conversations. But I think it was fourth grade, actually. We put this little dash in the bathroom of in a little pouch, and it had, you know, pads and tampons in there. And I was just letting her know it was in the bathroom and that that was something that may or may not happen soon. You know, I didn't know. I think I was seventh grade, maybe. It was the summer after seventh grade, and we were coming back from a beach trip. I was wearing a yellow and black swimsuit, and I remember I noticed it when I went to the bathroom. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot tell my mom. And I just kind of figured things out. In fact, I think dad was with us because yeah. we were driving back. So I, I don't know. That was that was a weird time. You know, but I didn't know what to do. And, I mean, I kind of knew what was happening to an extent, you know, but I didn't have a little prepared kit that I was carrying in a bag with me or in my bathroom at home. So you gave so, your daughter until, a prepared kit. Right. So I just think that helped kind of pave the way a little bit of, you know, this is something that may be coming up soon for you. And I just want you to know these are the items that you'll use. You know, but these days there's so many other things, you know, like I still to this day haven't told her about, you know, the Diva Cup, which is like a whole other thing. And then apparently there's these panties you can wear that can soak up like two tampons worth of stuff. You know, there's this necklace you can wear around your neck and carry a tampon. There's actually a lot of stuff I still have not shared with her. And I've just been kind of thinking through it. Maybe I need to do a little more research and bring some more things to the table just to be extra thorough. Yeah. Options. Here's options. Yes. You will love that. Yeah. Okay. So if any of you moms out there listening are like, okay, I need to start having these conversations. One book that was helpful for me with my daughter was these books that American Girl Doll makes, and they're called The Care and Keeping of You. And it dives right into a lot of stuff for you. So I found that to be super helpful. And then Christy, I know you used like particular books too, right? With like heavy illustrations. (laughs) Right. Well, I had, I mean, this has been probably starting 10 years ago, so I'm not sure when these came out. It's a series called God's Design for Sex. It really goes into more depth than just talking about periods and body changes and things like that. But it really will start kind of the first book is for ages three and four and up. Yeah. Kind of just to start discussions. And then the second book is for ages five to eight. And so it gets a little bit more in depth. And then there's kind of an eight and up book gets a little more clear. And that's kind of covering all your bases for boys and girls. And it is teaching girls about things that happen to boys and boys about things that also happen to girls, just so people don't walk into puberty and adolescence just completely naive. And I think it's a great time to start even earlier, you know, kindergarten or earlier, just getting those conversations going. And get them comfortable. Yeah. And how we're made. And that is definitely something we didn't have growing up. And it created sort of this stigma about the whole conversation where we didn't even want to bring it up to our parents. Yeah. Well, no, no, you never talked to dad about any of that. Oh, my gosh, no. Please. And for sure not, you know, and not mom either until we were older. I mean, as we were adults, of course, all of that stuff, you know, was much easier to talk about. Yeah, but I think that, so so hopefully this can be some encouragement for people listening. If you haven't had these talks and you've got kids, like Christy just said that the first book for, what what was the name of that book? The series is called God's Design for Sex, and there's a book one, two, and three. Yeah, so So, I mean, ages three and four, you could start, and I've had tons of friends that say, yes, absolutely, the younger you start, the better. You've got to start this communication. So if you haven't started, it's time to get on it, and I'm probably going to have to order those books, Christy, because I think that we need something 
something a little bit more in depth than the American Girl doll books, but we just need to make it more of an easy topic because obviously it's something that's happening to girls and women every single day, all the time, every month. My daughter's like, right. wait, how long does it last? Like, seriously, how long does it last? I said, well, until you hit menopause, basically until you're a grandma. And she was like, what? So yeah, oh, it's something God. we're going to be dealing with for a long time. So we might as well get comfortable talking about it. So thank you for coming on well, to chat with me. You are so welcome. And our, I don't know if you're thinking of or getting the idea to do any type of like period party. Um, have you heard of those? Yes, I have. Where moms like throw. I think that might be a little bit overboard. I know. But, um, but I've heard they too. They I have like a I cake can... and you cut into it. And the oh, cake yeah. is red velvet. <laughs> yes. I would have died. I would died. have literally died. I don't know. There's there's extremes. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Thanks All for right. having me on to talk about periods. Okay. Awesome. I'll have you back to talk about something else. Love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Second thing. Okay. So I want to talk about hot lemon water and why I drink it every morning. I started doing it back in like 2011 or 2012 or so when I started following Kimberly Snyder's plan, when I really went vegan and plant-based and gluten-free. And one thing she recommended for sure to do every morning before you have her glowing green smoothie was to have hot water with lemon. And I had never done it before. And I really honestly have done it pretty religiously since. Now I don't follow her diet to a T anymore, just because I've changed a little bit in the way that I eat. And I'm not as strict with some of that stuff. And I really was trying to do it to get pregnant and I never got pregnant. But anyway, I still like a lot of of the recipes that I learned from her. And I definitely changed my body when I did that and learned more about food as medicine and how it can be healing to the body. I learned so much from Kimberly Snyder. I highly recommend you check her out. But there's other nutritionists that kind of counter some of some of her thoughts that I really respect and adore too, like Kelly Levesque. She has a book called Body Love you should definitely check out. So there's something for everybody. And Kelly has meat in her plan where Kimberly doesn't. But anyway, back to the point, hot lemon water. One reason why Kimberly recommends that you drink it is because lemon supports your liver, which is your main fat burning organ. And then also your main detoxifying organ, like everything you process goes through your liver. So if you're looking to detox, it's going to be coming from your liver and the healthier your liver is, well, the more you're going to be able to detox and be in better shape. So if you really want to transform something like, like your skin, sometimes people can have really bad breakouts and they want to fix it topically, but really it could be something going on. In your, in your liver and your organs and your gut and how you're processing things. So she tells all of her celebrity clients, start your day with hot lemon water. And then some people are like, well, can I just put lemons in my cold water? But she goes into a little bit about that. And one example I remember reading, she said to picture cheese. And when it's cheese is warmed, it's like melted. But if it's in the fridge, it's hardened like a block or a ball. And then when you put it heat underneath it, it starts to melt and relax and release. So if you're trying to relax and release these things in your body, the hot water will help you do that faster and greater for digestion and stuff like that. So check it out, go to the grocery store, add lemons to your list, because I really think that you'll start to see some benefits if you start doing that every single morning. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI owned brands right now, online and in store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in store to APIA scholars. 
Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories, and they cut out the cost of the middleman, and they pass the savings on to us So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover-up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women. 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, 
food, everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month, and when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Okay, so I have to give a quick exciting update about Espoir. Like if you bought a Four Things tote or a Four Things pullover, a little pouch or a Bornier hat at the end of last year, especially leading into Christmas, we were supporting My Life Speaks, an orphanage in Haiti that works with special needs kids, but they offer family-based care instead of institutionalized care. So these kids get like a real family that they live with. It's super cool. And we were able to send them $100,000 at the end of the year. So, I mean, it's pretty amazing. I mean, the impact is just so nutso. So if you shopped, thank you so much. You made a huge difference. And I also get a lot of questions about this star necklace that I wear, and that is under the Espoir line, which supports Haiti. And Espoir means hope in Haitian Creole. So each purchase supports spreading hope throughout Haiti. So thank you for that. And check out the star necklace at theshopforward.com if you want to do that. And this necklace is super cool because... Yeah, it does support Haiti, but it also supports women locally in Nashville, providing economic opportunity for them. So it's made here in the U.S. So it has local and global impact. So now I want to address a question I got from Erica about being an adoptive mom to children of a different race. And here's what Erica said. You've adopted two beautiful children from Haiti as a white woman. I, too, am white and the man I'm dating is black. I very much want kids, but he said he's hesitant to have children because he doesn't want them experiencing the racism he has. I was wondering if that's something you've had to address with your children as a white woman and any advice you may have. So for this question, the first person that came to mind was not me, myself, which I know that this question was for me, but I thought of my friend Jamie Ivy, which I have here with us now, Jamie. Hey. Hi, Amy. <laughs> and she, now she's an adopted mom as well from two kids from Haiti, and then you have a biological son and then another adopted son from San Antonio, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah. And Jamie is very vocal about her family and kind of how awesome y'all are. I mean, you have to deal with certain race things with your kids. So I thought I would bring you in to kind of tackle this question with me because I still feel like I'm new to this whole thing, even though it's been a year and you've been dealing with it for a lot longer. Or I don't even know know if I want to use the word dealing, but you've had to address it for Mm -hmm. a lot longer than I have. So I wanted to bring in your thoughts. Yeah. First of all, I just want to say that this is a really great question because it's just real life, you know? And again, like Amy said, I'm a white woman. And so I come to it with zero experience of being black. And so there's just that. But my experience, like Amy, like you, is having black children. And so Erica, her boyfriend, is he has a good point. I mean, there is racism still alive and well in 2019. And he probably has dealt with a lot of things that as us women being white will never experience. And so I think like there's a part of this, what you have to do, Erica, is just to acknowledge, yes, this is real. What you're saying is true. This really happens. You know, as a mom, me dealing with my kids, we have had so many conversations about um prejudiceness and racism and people thinking, looking at you different because your skin is different. For me, my advice to Erica is to really listen to your boyfriend, like to listen to his experiences, listen to what he's saying and never say it can't be that bad. Or I'm sure you didn't really experience that because 
his experience is true and real. And I think it's hard for us to understand as um, white women. I don't know if I told you this, Amy, but about a year and a half ago, um, we had someone say something to our kids. We live in a city outside of Austin, and it's a kind of smaller town type feel. And it was at a football game. A man looked at my two boys, and it was during the national anthem, and he said, you boys better not kneel. Mm. And my boys are not on the football team. They were in the stands. Like, it was just, and so my boys came home and told this to us, and they were just like, what, what is, what's going on? Like, what's happening? And it led to so many conversations in our house. And so I don't, I don't have like the answer for Erica and her situation. But one thing that I do encourage you is just to listen, listen, and to validate and validate. And then just offer like love and listen, because as white people, we can't change the experiences that they've had. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you've been through anything with this, Amy, with your kids yet, but you will. You will for sure. And so I think the best thing that we can do is listen to the experiences, know that they're real, validate them. But I don't know what to tell her about having kids. I mean, what do you think? I think that your advice to just listen is valid and I think really wise because sometimes we can shut it off because Mm -hmm. we are naive to it because we haven't had to personally experience it at times. We're sort of live in la-la land at times about it. Like, okay, we're past that. We're past that. But really, there's so many things that are not. And I've only had to deal with looks and stares and Uh um, some little questions, but nothing that has really caused us to go into like, okay, we need to sit down and have a talk. But I know these talks are coming. And when we were preparing for a domestic adoption, we ended up going international. But domestic was our first route, you know, we were open to any race. And so we had to do some training through our adoption agency. And one of the parts that things we kind of had to, we had to check some boxes. And one of the things we had to check off was we had to go put ourselves in a situation where we were the minority. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, an easy way to do that is find a black church and go. And so I was mentoring this little boy named Trevion at a junior high. I lived in North Carolina at the time. And I knew Trevion went to a predominantly black church. So his grandma led worship. I knew, I mean, he would tell me about it. So I just went to him one day when we were meeting. And I said, hey, would you mind if my husband and I joined you at church this weekend? And he was like, what? He's like, well, sure, that'd be awesome. So we ended up going and we literally were the only white people there. Mm -hmm. And it did feel like, okay, people were looking, this is different. Then the pastor, I mean, everybody was really friendly and awesome, but he he asked if there was any visitors. (laughs) And we were like, "Um, yes, we're like raising our hands. But it was so obvious that we were visitors. Mm -hmm. But the point of that exercise, if you will, was that, you know, when you adopt a child of another race, depending on where you live, where you go to school, your neighborhood, your kid may look around and be like, why am I? the only one that looks this way, yeah. depending yeah. on how you choose to diversify their life. And, totally. and then, you know, in part of the training too, the guy that was speaking, he's like, look, what you're not going to understand about your kids is that, you know, one day they may be driving and they may get pulled over simply because of their race. And you mm-hmm. don't understand that. And when no. they come home and talk to you about it as their mom or their dad, and if you try to blow it off, like, oh, well, maybe that's not what really happened. You need to understand that that could be what really happened. Yeah. And you yeah. can't you can't relate to that. So 
an advice, some advice that he gave, and that was find a mentor or someone that is the same race as your child that could have likely experienced that or life or has wisdom or advice and make sure that they have people in their life that they can relate to. Totally, 100%. And I think the reason that it can seem as though for us who are of a predominant race, white, it can feel like, oh, it's not that this doesn't really happen anymore. And that's not because it's never happened to us because it will never happen to us because we're white. That's called white privilege. And so I think the advice that people gave you to go spend some time in a predominantly black church is so good for you to experience what that feels like. And so I think Erica's number one step is just to make sure that she is acknowledging what her fiance or her boyfriend is saying is really true and that his experiences are real. Um, They're not like he's not exaggerating. They're not made up. Like these are his real life experiences. And maybe she could understand a little bit more. I'm not saying that that's going to make him change his mind about having kids, but maybe she could understand a little bit more. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's good. So we've kind of got, I feel like for Erica, she's walking away. It is hard. This is a long topic to address. This is a journey. If she ends up, you know, depending on what happens with her and her boyfriend and if they decide to, you know, have a family or get married or do whatever it is. I I love that you started off strong with the, with the just listen. We've got Mm -hmm. to be open. And that really can go in any relationship that you have, especially involving the topic of race. We have to listen. Yeah, totally. And I think that's something that I have learned that is preparing me as parenting black children is like what you just said earlier. When they do have these experiences that don't look like my experiences, that they're still real. Right. And so that's the other angle I guess Erica could approach with her boyfriend is that, you know, first of all, she she can listen. Secondly, she can take from some of the training we had to go through for our adoption and maybe just express to him that they can find good mentors or he can be like they can have biracial children. I don't know if he's concerned, too, that maybe because she's white, she's not going to understand. And then there's the whole the the child grows up with am I my dad's black, but my mom's white. What what, what race am I? Where do I fall? Then there's that whole I'm sure he's worried about that whole angle, too. But I think that, you know, with good when you surround yourself with good people and a strong foundation, like you can still raise a child and they don't have to feel whatever he's scared of is going to happen. Like, I feel like there's there's avenues to get them through that. Yeah. And I think like this is not diminishing what he's what this fear of his, but we could all list like a thousand fears about bringing kids into the world. I mean, you know, like we live in a hard place. It's a scary world. There's scary things. And so not to diminish anything about that fear that he has, but I think that there's always fear about bringing a kid into the world, right? Because it's hard. There's hard things that happen in life. And I think it's just, it's hard. So it's a, it's a big decision. And I I think I'm, I'm proud of her for not taking it lightly though. I know. I just, when I got it, I was like, mm, I'm not totally equipped to answer this on my own. <laughs> so I'm going to bring Jamie in <laughs> to talk about it. And Jamie's awesome, y'all. If y'all want to follow her on Instagram, you're just at, at Jamie Ivy, right? It's That's pretty me. simple. That's me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. J-A-M-I-E-I-V-E-Y at Jamie Ivy. Right. And you can see her beautiful family. She posts a lot about them and they are just precious. And I, a story is probably my favorite. She's everybody's <laughs> favorite, let's be honest. Yeah, I think I saw in your, you know, best nine of 20, oh, she's 2018. In like every picture. Yeah, yeah, 
like her your most liked picture yeah it was like totally. story 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 so she's she's precious she's a precious little girl so thank Jamie you. thank you for coming on and kind of tackling this I know I put you on the spot a little bit but you're another white woman that I know that's going through this and I just wanted to get your experience and I I feel like I walked away from this little talk too knowing that I probably need to listen more and then be ready for some hard talks with my kids and when that time comes I'm probably going to call you <laughs> there you go I'll be here okay great awesome well thank you Jamie thanks Amy Four Okay, so I want to talk about Jack Ryan for a minute. If you haven't heard of the show, you've got to watch it. Or maybe you've read Tom Clancy's books about Jack Ryan, but it's an Amazon original show. And if you didn't know that this Amazon has TV shows, just like Netflix, they create their own content, but they also have other shows up there and even movies that you can just log in with your Amazon Prime account and boom, you can watch Amazon TV, which is super awesome and Oddly, like some people don't know you can do that. So this is me sharing with you. Yes, you have this if you've got Amazon Prime. And then if you don't have Amazon Prime, you probably should get that too because it's pretty awesome. And I'm totally into Amazon Prime now because I'm a mom and working and super busy. And sometimes I just can't get to wherever I need to get something. And I Amazon Prime now it and it's so crazy. It just shows up in like an hour or two and it's pretty amazing. But back to Jack Ryan. So the first season follows... Jack Ryan, which is played by John Krasinski, which is weird to me because when he's Jim on The Office, you don't picture him being able to play this crazy CIA agent out in the field, like looking awesome. And he's pretty legit. Like I'm buying it. I'm like, okay, this, this is cool. I, I kind of like him as this role. So Jack Ryan is played by John Krasinski and Jack Ryan's a CIA analyst and he has a desk job though. Uh, but he's taken away from that and thrown into the field because he's the one that discovered a string of crazy bank transfers, which are being carried out by this rising Islamic terrorist. And then he goes out and it's all action packed. I loved it. My husband loved it. We binged it over Christmas break. I, I almost some people that I know now, they're just now starting it. And that's what made me think about doing it as one of my things, because I feel like you guys need to know about the show. But some of my friends are just now starting it. And I'm kind of jealous. Like, I wish I was starting it. Another one of those times that I have that feeling is Eddie. He's a producer on the Bobby Bone Show. He is about to finish up Friday Night Lights. And I'm so jealous. I remember the first time I started, I was way late to the game when it came to Friday Night Lights. If you haven't watched that, you have to. Such a great show. But I didn't watch it when it was actually on. I binged it later, only like a couple years ago. And I loved it. It was so good. So when other people start it, like Eddie started it and he's about to finish it, I'm jealous of that feeling of like, oh, I wish I was watching it and binging it for the first time. So I'm not saying that Jack Ryan is at the level of Friday Night Lights. Don't get it twisted. But it was a cool show, especially to watch. And if you got a husband, sometimes it's hard to find husband and wife shows where everybody likes it. But my husband and I like this one. So check it out. And then seeing John Krasinski on there will make you crave The Office. And then you'll start putting that on, which I go to Netflix for that type in the office and I start watching old episodes of that when I need to laugh and the office is just so funny and the more I watch it the funnier it gets and I'm not this like crazy office fanatic but I have been watching it a lot more ever since Jack Ryan ended because I guess I'm craving some John but that show is so funny so send me email me some of y'all's favorite shows what you like to binge right now if there's something new that you're watching that is my new recommendation, Jack Ryan. And you can email me at fourthingswithamybrown.com.
Okay, that's a wrap on today's episode. A big thank you to Jamie Ivey for coming on to talk with me for a little bit. She's just so awesome. I hope y'all check out her podcast. If you're not familiar with Jamie, you got to check out The Happy Hour. That's her podcast. It's really good. She has a lot of amazing guests. And she also has her book, If You Only Knew, another cool thing you could check out. And then if you end up listening to her podcast and you really like it, you've got to check out her live events. I participated in one last fall. I was one of the speakers up there and it was really, really cool. And she has another one coming up in April in Austin. I know tickets go on sale later this month. I don't have the exact details because I don't know that she shared that yet, but happy hour live. And you can always check out jamieivy.com to see what she's up to. And then shout out to my sister, Christy, for coming on to talk periods with me. I always love when she takes time to chat with us. Definitely we'll bring her back for a few other ideas that we have going on, but we just had to end up talking about the whole period thing because now we're both moms and we had an experience with our mom and how we're handling our daughters so differently. So hopefully that helped some of you out there somewhere. And if you're a guy listening and you were like, what is happening? I'm so sorry, but you know, you might have daughters too, and you might need to be involved in these talks and conversations. So, you know, maybe, or you can fast forward. You can always fast forward. That's the thing about podcasts. You could you know, go on to the next thing. Um, a big thank you to Elizabeth and Mike D for making this podcast possible. They're the ones that get it up on iTunes and iHeartRadio. And then, I mean, y'all are awesome. I was just on iTunes checking out something and I saw some new comments and reviews and I just appreciate that so much that y'all are doing that. And that's how people learn about the podcast. So you can also share this with others if you think it's something they would want to listen to. I love when people tell me about new podcasts to listen to. So hopefully if it's your jam, it could be their jam and we could grow this thing and it would be awesome. And then shout out Walker Hayes. Some people still email me. They're like, wait, who sings your song? And so I'm always going to be grateful for Walker and the theme song that he wrote for this podcast and how it reminds us to be kind, choose joy, laugh a lot, eat cake. So now I'm going to get into a quick email shout out. And this email came from Julie. She said, hi, Amy. I just binge listened to your podcast. Love it. Longtime listener of the Bobby Bone Show. And I'm very curious about your beauty routine. It seems you're very focused on health and natural products. What do you use on your skin? Also, you really shave your face I really want to do it because I have a very fuzzy face, but I'm scared. You really do it? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Thanks, Julie. So to answer your question, Julie, yes, I really do shave my face and I have for several years now and it's amazing. I can actually probably make it a thing and do a whole beauty routine talk. I can bring um, the Nashville beauty girl in to probably talk about this and even Kelly from Velvet's Edge because Kelly from Velvet's Edge is the only reason I shave my face and she's done several blog posts about it. So you can check that out at velvetsedge.com and just type in, I'm sure just search shaving face or face shaving, whatever it should come up, but I can definitely do a whole, you know, thing about it coming up soon, but yes, shave your face. Once you shave, you won't go back. Not shaving is whack or something like that. Okay. All right. Hope y'all have a great day. Bye. Uh. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. All summer, 
the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org.